0: Serving as Jesus served. And, and to begin this message, I'd like to start off with a parable that I once heard that explains the difference between heaven and hell. Now, if as we're imagining heaven and hell, I want you just to picture, I want you to imagine that in both places that there's, there's this table stretched out. And on this table, there's a huge pot of stew that's sitting there, that's prepared, that's warm, that that that's ready to be eaten. It's the most delicious pot of stew that you could ever possibly imagine. But there's one requirement <clears throat> to eating this pot of stew, and, and that's that you can only use a long spoon for each person. Now, I'm talking spoon, I'm talking a long spoon for each person. So so do you know what the what the difference is in the approach to both heaven and hell. You see, the group in hell, they they did all that they could to, to take the spoon and to dip it into the stew as everybody's fighting against everybody trying to get the most in their spoon and to finagle it from the spoon into their mouths. They grew more and more frustrated as they couldn't accomplish this. The group in heaven, however, they took a little bit of a different approach. And instead of focusing on themselves, they focused on the person that was across the table and they fed each other. In doing this, everybody was satisfied. Everybody was full and they had all that they needed to eat. Now, while this isn't 100% biblically accurate in its approach to, to heaven and hell, this, this parable highlights two radically different approaches to life. Now, we, we're humans, we, we, all, we all have needs, but when we focus exclusively on ourselves, when we're worried about our own desires, our own wants, it's then that we miss out. We, we miss out on God's blessings for us in our lives. But however, when we focus on, on one another, when, when we focus on, on the needs of our brothers and our sisters, then God, He, He supplies us with giving us everything that we could possibly need. And this is how God intended for His, His, His kingdom to be established. This is the work that He intended for us to, to serve one another. Now we all know that Jesus, He didn't come to earth to be served. In fact, the scripture tells us that he came to serve and to give his life for us on the cross. He came to give his life as a ransom. He died for us so that we could have eternal life. He shed his blood on the cross so that we could have that gift of, of forgiveness of our sins and, and have eternity with him. But the scripture, it goes further than just to proclaiming what Christ did for us. It, it calls us as his followers, to follow in his footsteps and to serve each other as he served us. The book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 7, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. See, Jesus didn't only care about our relationships with him, but he also cared about our relationships with each other. He he cares about how how we treat each other, how we serve each other. I want you to think about the cross for just a moment this morning. Think about how the cross extends. It extends vertically from from the earth to the sky to reconcile us to God, but it also it also extends horizontally to reconcile us to one another. And as we picture the cross, we see Jesus' arms stretched out wide, not only to bring us to God, but to bring us together as brothers and sisters in Christ, despite all of our many differences that we have with each other. And now we're called to serve one another as Jesus served. So the question this morning that I want to ask you, The question that we really need to look at this morning is, what does it mean for us to serve as Jesus would serve? In fact, this very question, this is the question that should fuel each and every one of us every single day as to how we should serve as Jesus served, because that's 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 our job. That's what Jesus came to do, and that's what Jesus showed us, that that we're to serve each other the way that he served us. We want to serve as Jesus served. And while there's many examples in the scripture of, of what this looks like, Jesus offered many examples through, through scripture of, of serving our neighbors, serving our brothers. I want to highlight just a few of those here this morning. We're going to look at seven examples in scripture of what it means to serve as Jesus served. Serving as Jesus served means that we serve in a variety of ways. And if we are to think about this morning all the many ways that that we can serve there's there's a lot. We we have a lot of options, a lot of ways in which we can serve. We can serve each other right here in our own congregation. We can reach out to those who are sick right now with COVID, we can send messages. We can send cards. We we can we can offer meals for those who are at home struggling with this. In Mark chapter 10 verse 51, says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Jesus came to earth for one primary purpose, but but Jesus served in a lot of ways. Jesus served in a lot of ways, depending on that person and and on that person's needs and the desire, the faith that, that that person had, the situation, but most importantly, he served his father's will. Jesus served in a lot of ways. Jesus, a lot of times, taught the crowds. Other times, he physically met the needs of the masses. He preached to many people, and he poured his life into a few close followers. Jesus cast out demons. Jesus, he healed the sick. He worked miracles, and he restored people's worth and their dignity. He rebuked the Pharisees while, while speaking tenderly to the broken. He, he called out the proud. He called out the proud while extending grace to the humble. Jesus, he, he was a friend with the sinners and, and the tax collectors. And the thing about Jesus, when he served, Jesus met people exactly where they were in their lives. Serving as Jesus would serve means that we must meet people exactly where they are in their lives. We have to serve them according to their needs and and what we see the Father doing in their lives. Our our job as Christians, as followers of Christ, is to be attentive to the working of God and the needs of other people. Now you may be wondering exactly how how, how do I do this? What, What do I need to do? There's not, there's not a formula in Scripture of, of how exactly we're to go about serving. But there is the example that God gave us of the Holy Spirit. Following the, the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives as Christians, if we trust Him, if we, if we lean on Him to give us direction, He will tell us where to go and what to do to serve people in their lives. Some people, they just need words of encouragement. Others, they need wisdom and counsel. And, and other people, they might need correction and, and rebuke. Other people, they might just need us to sit down with them where they are and, and talk with them and, and pray for them. Other people should, need, need kindness. They need us to bless them financially. I can say personally that, that, that we've been so blessed by the, the servant hearts here at Troy Christian Church. As recently, our Laney passed away, and we saw people come around us in a, in a variety of different ways. People called us, people text messaged us, messages on Facebook, sent us cards, offered meals, prayed for us, gave us financial help through, through time of struggles. And that's what serving is about, and that's how, that's how Jesus called us to serve. Serving as Jesus served means that we serve holistically. Luke 4:18 through19 says, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now we've all heard people talk about winning souls for the Lord. And and while that's such an important thing, that's, that's such a needed task for us. That's, that's what we're called to do. God cares more than just about winning souls. In fact, God cares about you. God cares about each and every one of us. God cares about us right here where we're at in every dimension of our lives. And as His Holy Spirit fills you, He's going to lead you to specific people that He wants you to serve. And I'm going to tell you this morning that it's not always going to be the people that you want to go to. Sometimes God's going to push you out of your comfort zone to go to people that you normally wouldn't reach out to. God might call you to go serve at a homeless shelter. God might call you to To go with the the missions team to Mexico and serve a week in Mexico. God might call you to serve right here in Troy, Kansas. God might lead you to people who are hurting, people who are emotionally or, or physically ill. And as Jesus cared for the physical and emotional and spiritual needs of those that he met, we can learn to care for people and serve them as Jesus served. You see, Jesus served holistically, tending to people's physical and emotional, spiritual, and their social needs. Serving as Jesus served means that we serve compassionately. Matthew 9.36 says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Compassion and love, that's that's what fueled Jesus. That's what drove and motivated Jesus in most everything that he did. And compassion and love, it's not only about a feeling, but it's also about taking action. You see, God chose to sacrifice his only son on the cross for for us, on our our behalf. You see, his death on the cross was God's compassion, God's way of taking action. So when we unselfishly reach out to help a, a person in need with a simple kind act, a prayer, words of support, a a sandwich to those who are hungry, a blanket to those who who need warmth, and even forgiveness for for maybe somebody who's who's done something against you. These things are all things that that can lead people closer to the cross, things that that can change somebody's life for an eternity and, and lead them to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I challenge you, this morning. I challenge your attitudes and your actions to become motivated in ministering to people with compassion and with love and being a representative of Jesus Christ to them. And you can start right now. You can start right here, right now, and pray that God will lead you, that He will lead you step by step in the direction in the way that He wants you to go to those that are in desperate need of love and compassion. And in his presence, you will find all the strength and, and all the perseverance for serving people. And he will equip you with everything that you need when you become his representatives here on earth. Serving as Jesus served means that we must serve selflessly Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. One of the most significant markers of serving like Jesus served is, is humility. The God of the universe, he, he came to earth to serve and to sacrifice himself for his creation for for us instead of taking his rightful position to to be served himself and honored and adored he chose to come here and we all know that Jesus had the power he didn't have to come here to the earth Jesus could have stayed in heaven where he was comfortable but he chose to come here where he was going to be tortured ridiculed, hung on a cross to die. He chose to do that for each and every one of us that we can be together for eternity. But our natural desire, our natural default as, as humans is to pursue self glory, self promotion and, and self protection. If, if, if I'm honest with you, I'll just tell you this morning that, that we're selfish. We're selfish. We're, we're as humans. We're selfish. That, that's our nature—is to be selfish. But to serve as Jesus served, we are called to follow His example of being free from selfish desires in our lives, and we're called to become a slave to those that are in need around us. You know that word "neighbor" that we see in the Bible—to love thy neighbor that that word neighbor it has that connotation of to to draw near we're to draw near to our neighbors we're we're to go to them wherever they are with with whoever is around we we draw near to meet their needs and we consider others not just ourselves and the only possible way to do this is through the holy spirit The early church understood the characteristic of humility and and how it set the follower of Jesus Christ apart from the rest of the world. The church, Father Augustine said, Two cities have been formed by two loves. The earthly by the love of self, even to the contempt of God. The heavenly by the love of God, even to the contempt of self. The former, in a word, glorifies itself, the latter the Lord so to serve like Jesus served we must put on humility and become a servant to God first and then we serve those who are around us serving as Jesus served means that we must serve graciously Luke six thirty five says but love your enemies do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. I don't know about you, but for me, this one is hard. This is difficult for me, but perhaps more than any other way, this is the most important way in which we serve others. This is the way that most reflects the heart of God in the core of the gospel message. Our human nature, it dictates that we only love people who love us in return. It tells us that we're only nice to people who are nice to us. And it tells us that that we're mean to people who hurt us. But in the scripture... Jesus is instructing his followers to showcase God's grace to the world. Because you see, loving our friends, loving those who love us, that's easy. But Jesus called us to also love our enemies and do good to them while expecting nothing else in return. The good news is that this unnatural behavior of loving our enemies is possible. We only need to rely upon Jesus to, to fill our hearts so that we can share God's love and God's grace with others. We can also ask the Holy Spirit to empower us to serve even those who oppose and, and despitefully use us. And it's when we do this that we exhibit the characteristics of the children of God. To serve as Jesus served, we must be intentional. We must be intentional in our service. John twelve twenty six says, Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Have you ever followed somebody that that doesn't know where they're going? Every turn you take feels unexpected. Sometimes it can even feel somewhat dangerous. There's an old hymn. Some of you older people might know it. Some of you younger ones probably not. The hymn's called, All the Way My Savior Leads Me. It's written by a lady named Fanny Crosby, and she reflects similar feelings because Fanny knew well the uncertainty of attempting to follow another because, you see, Fanny was blind most of her life. So the service Jesus served requires the perseverance to follow Jesus wherever he is leading us. We must be aware of his activity and intentional and our actions. Colossians 4, 5 says, Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. The last example this morning that I want to share with you, to serve as Jesus served, we must take time for people. Matthew chapter 20, verses 31 to 32 Says the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Have you ever known someone that was that was too busy or too important for other people? Maybe even sometimes you've given off that. Um to other people as they look at you because we're we're too too busy our schedules are too full one of the things that I love about Jesus is the way that he had time for people and how he was wholly focused on on his mission you see as Jesus went on his way he didn't see people that that came to him as as a distraction instead he saw people as his mission. In, in situations like this as divine opportunities. See, sometimes we, as people, we, we get busy. We get so focused on the tasks that, that we need to fulfill and the responsibilities that we have every day in our own agenda that we see people as interruptions versus opportunities to serve and to allow God to intervene in people's lives. When this happens, we lose sight that Jesus has called us to serve people. And our, our ministry, our what Jesus has has pushed us to is to serve people. You see, Jesus didn't just serve when he arrived to where he was going. But Jesus served people along the way in his mission. He didn't just keep going, but Jesus stopped and he took, he took advantage of opportunities to serve people on his way. So to serve Jesus, to serve as Jesus would serve, we too must be open to spontaneous opportunities that come along. This morning... I just want to end with a time of invitation. Um, A lot of you here this morning are struggling. A lot of you at home are struggling. Sometimes I think we we get caught up in the busyness and and the things of life that that we get distracted. We get sidetracked by, by what's going on. And we sometimes we find ourselves lost. A couple weeks ago, Christine and Landon had the opportunity to go to Colorado with with Christine's folks and, and Christine's grandma. It was a celebration of life for one of Christine's mom's aunts. And so they went to Colorado. And if you know anything about my wife, she loves the mountains. If we can move anywhere, she'd say we're moving to the mountains. So an opportunity to go to Colorado. She's like, yeah, I'm going to Colorado. So they went and they had a great time. While they were there, but on the way home, about 10.30 at night, they stopped at a, at a gas station and, and it wasn't just a normal gas station. It was a truck stop. So it was a huge, a huge gas station, had a clothing store in it, had a upstairs with showers and, and an arcade and all kinds of stuff. And, and it, it was huge. And as they pulled up to the gas pumps to get gas and, and fill up to finish their, their journey home, they noticed that one of the, uh, the window washers was, had a long handle for trucks and Landon had been wanting to wash windows the whole time and, and they pulled up and he was excited. He's like, I can wash the windows. So, so he got out and was washing the windows and, and Rodney was, was pumping the gas while Christine and her mom go in to go to the bathroom, get a drink and, and, um, Landon looks around, he doesn't see Rodney there anymore, but he sees uh, Bill, Christine's grandpa, get out of the van and and Bill's walking in to go to the bathroom as well, so Landon at 1030 at night, all alone outside, washing the windows takes off inside the gas station after after Christine's grandpa, and as he, as he got in the gas station, there was a big sign that said bathroom's to the right, so Bill walks in the door and he immediately turns right ends up behind the cash register lost, and and Landon goes in and, and he didn't, doesn't see anybody. So he starts looking around. He's going, yelling, Mom, Mom, where are you? And, and she's nowhere. Janice, Grant, uh, Nanny, where are you? She's nowhere. Everybody's gone. Landon gets scared and he walks in. He's looking around, sees all these people looking at him. So he's freaking out. So what's he doing? I, I have to give it to him. I think this is, is smart. He sees the employee only lounge. And he goes inside the employee-only lounge. And he's scared out, out of his mind. He, he thinks everybody's left him. He thinks he's been left. So he gets on his phone. Luckily, he had a cell phone. And he calls his mom. And she left her phone in the van. So so he's freaking out. Nobody wants to answer his phone call. Everybody's left him. Finally, he gets a hold of of Janice. And, and um, Janice says, OK, stay where you are. We'll come find you. Finally, they find Landon and just the relief that he had come over him, that he was found. The reason why I tell this story is because, in a way, a lot of us are like Landon. We wander off sometimes. We, we find ourselves in a situation where we've been too busy. We've been too caught up in life that we find ourselves wandered off of the path. and We don't know where, where we are. But friends, I'm telling you this morning, in that moment, when you call out to God, when you reach out to Him and say, God, I'm lost, I need to get back on the path, God is there with open arms, and He's there to welcome you back. So this morning, as we offer this time of invitation, I'm going to have Tim come, come up here and, and um, be available. But if, if, if that pertains to you, if you've wandered off the path, If you're lost and you just need to get back on the path with God, I invite you to come forward this morning. If you need prayer. If you've not accepted Christ into your heart and into your life and you need to do that for the first time, I invite you to come forward. If you just need to come up and kneel at the altar and pray. Our altar is open for anybody who needs to come up here and just kneel before the cross and just cry out to God. So as we sing, this morning I invite you to come as we stand and sing. Let's stand.